The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to John. Glory to you, Lord Christ. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify to the light so that all might believe through him. He himself was not the light, but he came to testify to the light. This is the testimony given by John when the Jews sent priests and Levites from Jerusalem to ask him, who are you? He confessed and did not deny it, but confessed, I am not the Messiah. And they asked him, what then? Are you Elijah? He said, I am not. Are you the prophet? He answered, no. Then they said to him, who are you? Let us have an answer for those who sent us. What do you say about yourself? He said, I am the voice of one crying out in the wilderness. Make straight the way of the Lord, as the prophet Isaiah said. Now that now they had had been sent from the Pharisees, they asked him, why then are you baptizing if you are neither the Messiah nor Elijah nor the prophet? John answered them, I baptize with water. Among you stands one whom you do not know, the one who is coming after me. I am not worthy to untie the thong of his sandal. This took place in Bethany, across the Jordan, where John was baptizing. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. Stir up your power, O Lord, and with great might come among us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Dozens of congressional staffers walked out of work on Thursday with their arms up in the don't shoot stance of Michael Brown. Earlier in the week, a group of clergy showed up at the town hall in New York City where they held a die-in, lying on the ground for four minutes to symbolize the four hours that Michael Brown was on the ground after he was shot. At least six schools full of school children in Denver walked out of class in similar demonstrations And there are crowds of people with tape over their mouths all over our country, tape with the words, I can't breathe, written across it, to speak outrage to the death of unarmed Eric Garner. I'm sure you have heard and seen and been witness to other similar stories. Our country is fighting to eliminate the prevalent use of violence against our black brothers and sisters. This is not a new fight, but it is one that is being fought very publicly right now. In the face of current events, I am depressed by the state of our society and how far we have left to go in this battle against racial oppression. On the other hand, I have hope because people are finding the courage to point to the destructive nature of societal racism and demand change. 
John the Baptist also came to point out evil and point the way to the light. In the prologue of the Gospel of John, we hear that there was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify to the light so that all might believe through him. He himself was not the light, but he came to testify to the light. John said that he was not the Messiah, nor was he Elijah, nor the prophet that the people had expected. He was instead the voice of one crying out in the wilderness. As I spent my week seeped in this gospel and seeped in our current events, that phrase kept ringing out to me, the voice of one crying out in the wilderness. Jesus wasn't born on earth to be with a perfectly functional human family. He came because he was needed by a broken world. Humanity had become a spiritual wilderness. People were hurting one another, neglecting one another, and fighting for power and privilege at the expense of those who were politically weaker. We were broken. And as Jesus prepared to begin his work with us as a nomadic rabbi, John was standing amid the wilderness of a broken humanity, calling out to us that help was on the way. We humans tend to repeat history. John was certainly unique, but he is not the only voice that has called out from the wilderness over these past 2,000 years. Our history is rich with voices that have told us that we can heal this broken world if we but open our eyes and make our hands and our voices available to the God who gave them to us. These voices tell us that help is on the way. They also have been known to tell us that we can partner with God and help facilitate that help. In one of his speeches, the Reverend Martin Luther King Jr. once said, We have lived over these last two or three summers with agony, and we have seen our cities going up in flames. And I would be the first to say that I am still committed to militant, powerful, massive nonviolence as the most potent weapon in grappling with the problem from a direct action point of view. I'm absolutely convinced that a riot merely intensifies the fears of the white community while relieving the guilt. And I feel that we must always work with an effective, powerful weapon and method that brings about tangible results. But it is not enough for me to stand before you tonight and condemn riots. It would be morally irresponsible for me to do that without, at the same time, condemning the contingent, intolerable conditions that exist in our society. These conditions are the things that cause individuals to feel that they have no other alternative than to engage in violent rebellions to get attention. 
And I must say tonight that a riot is the language of the unheard. And what is it America has failed to hear? It has failed to hear that the plight of the Negro poor has worsened over the last 12 or 15 years. It has failed to hear that the promises of freedom and justice have not been met. And it has failed to hear that large segments of white society are more concerned about tranquility and the status quo than about justice and humanity. That is a voice of one crying out in the wilderness, one that is needed just as much today as we needed it 50 years ago. I have heard other voices like King's in today's struggles, and these voices give me hope because they do three crucial things. One, they tell the truth. Two, they call us to be our best selves. And three, Either explicitly or inexplicitly, they point towards the coming of God's kingdom. I don't think these prophetic voices widely condemn or dehumanize perpetrators or victims of our broken system. The answer does not lay in condemning our police officers or pitying disenfranchised young black men or romanticizing the passions of demonstrations. The answer for people of faith is deeper and more focused than any of these social temptations. The answer, I believe, is in seeing one another as worthy human beings and thus being able to see God in one another. And once we can locate the image of God in one another and locate where we need God amid the chaos, we can help make the path straight between those two points. Make straight the path of the Lord. The prophet Isaiah said it, and John the Baptist said it. That was what he was crying out from the wilderness. Make, make straight the way of the Lord. And now it is our turn to say it and to do it. Make straight the path between where we see God and where we need God. Clear the way for the coming of the kingdom. I have been wondering if there are but two choices that we face. Either we assist in the coming of the kingdom by preparing the way for God's justice and love. Or we remain complacent, allowing ourselves to be complicit in the very destruction that disturbs us most. Far too often I find myself on the complacent side of this choice as I appreciate my cultural distance from the lives of those who are most oppressed. Or I am complicit in the destruction as I condemn people I have never even met. Neither of these things are productive. My goal is to more often choose to be an instrument of whatever God is up to in this world, to help clear the way for the kingdom. The kingdom is what we pray for, 
And what we prepare for as the weeks of Advent slip away and Christmas approaches. Maybe the commercial Christmas abundance that we shop for and wrap up to pile under our Christmas trees is in some way a token of the abundance we hunger for in the kingdom that Christ promises us. And yet, the abundance of God's kingdom is not material. The kingdom is love, justice, and sanctity for all people. God's kingdom is a place where everyone is safe and every person is honored and no one is afraid. How can we not but hunger for that kingdom? And if we hunger for it, then let us help bring it to fruition. May we be path clearers and voices in the wilderness. And may we exchange any grain of complacency for the glowing hope of Advent. Amen.